Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place this way. Mary was engaged to Joseph, but she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This week, the Christmas cards began to arrive, which always, honestly, brings to me a bit of panic because I know that mine have been ordered and actually delivered. The, the process of getting them out of the box and in the mail usually does not get done before Christmas. And maybe it was just my own mood or feeling this week of overwhelmness, but I was really stuck, struck by the repeated greetings of Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, with rarely a mention of the Savior, who is the only one who can give us true happiness or deliver us from the opposite of happy and merry, despair or sadness. And this is also ironic, all these happy Christmas, merry Christmas, because we know that for many, Christmas is hardly that happy time. For some of us, it triggers unhappy childhood Christmas memories that hardly resemble the Hallmark presentations on TV. Or for others who no longer have family near them in the present, Christmas can indeed be a very lonely or unhappy time. Or perhaps, like you, like me, we are just simply harried by all the demands of the season and are trying too hard to reach for that perfect Hallmark Christmas. So we are here now at the fourth Sunday of Advent. We come to that point in our church calendar where the liturgically faithful among us are still refusing to sing any Christmas carols. But with the demands of the season, other of us are also feeling the urge to just let loose a carol or two. And I think actually there's a group of souls who will be doing precisely that this afternoon, which you will be hearing about in the announcements. But before we turn away from the season of Advent with its penitential themes, let's take stock and examine what is going on in our hearts. Let's take a minute and let go of our need for a perfect Christmas and affirm our need of the Savior who comes to earth. And I think a close look at the story of Joseph will help us with that this morning. So Matthew, unlike Luke, who we usually read in the other two cycles of our three-year cycle um, liturgical Sunday calendar, has chosen to tell Joseph's stories, not Mary's. And along with that, he has also chosen to put an emphasis on this idea that Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's action in that, operation in that. But first, Matthew begins his gospel with 17 verses of genealogy, which thankfully we did not read this morning, until we come to the passage where it begins with our lectionary. And these, this genealogy was important to Matthew in his own Jewish context because he wanted to emphasize that Jesus was a son of Abraham and descended from David. But then a very dramatic switch in tone. Matthew says, okay, here it is, guys. Now, the birth of Jesus took place this way. Mary was engaged to Joseph, but she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. 
So first, I can't imagine, given the Jewish cultural situation of Jews in first century Palestine, how shocked and grieved and truly a feeling of betrayal Joseph must have felt when he heard from Mary that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So surely Joseph also needed a miracle. And it came. Not as for Mary in a visitation of an angel or audible words spoken from the heavens, but it was in a dream that Joseph heard from an angel. And I don't know about you guys, but dreams, I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, what did God say to me in my dreams? Um, and I think the fact that Joseph heard from the angel in a dream made him take even an extra step that perhaps even Mary didn't have to take in trusting that this word was truly from God. And he heard the angel say the same words that the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So Joseph woke up from that dream and he had a choice uh, to quietly divorce Mary, or as the angel said in his dream, go back to plan A and marry her and become Jesus's earthly father. But here's the paradox, I think, of this first chapter of Matthew. What is all the point of all that genealogy showing that Jesus was descended from David through Joseph if Joseph had nothing to do with Jesus's conception? So clearly the point here then is not Jesus's royal or Joseph's royal credentials, but rather that God, through the miracle of the Holy Spirit, has assumed human flesh. That in Jesus, God assumes our humanity. That is the gracious mystery that is being conveyed to us in our text and is the event for which Advent has us so expectantly awaiting. And to say that Mary's child is from the Holy Spirit, Matthew is indicated that something new and radical is happening here, and that the Spirit, as we say in our creed, is the Lord, the giver of life, the giver of the very life of Jesus. Throughout the history of the Israelites, God's Spirit was always a catalyst that something new was coming. And within this story of the Holy Spirit's conception of Jesus is contained the seed of all the promises of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life and the life of the church. Jesus' entry into his ministry began with his baptism when the Spirit descended upon him, empowering him for his earthly ministry. The Spirit gave Jesus the power to perform all his miracles and to stand against the devil. And Paul, in our letter uh, that we heard in his letters, the first chapter in Romans, uh, which he begins by identifying himself as set apart by the gospel of the Son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. And beyond the earthly life of Jesus, the spirit came down upon his followers and the kingdom of God was established on earth. And we have been born anew in the spirit to be members of this family of this very kingdom. 
So the angel not only confirmed Mary's story as being true, but Joseph also in our passage was given in the dream the names of this son to be born of Mary, and there were actually two names mentioned. First, the name of Jesus, um, which was a popular boy's name at the time, and in Hebrew it meant Joshua or Yeshua. And N.T. Wright, in his devotional that we've been using for our Advent devotional, points out that Matthew sees Jesus as the one who will rescue his people, not from slavery in Egypt, but from the slavery of sin, the exile that they have suffered, not just in Babylon and in their exile and captivity in Rome, but in their own hearts and lives. And then on the other hand, the name Emmanuel is given, which was mentioned in Isaiah 7.14 this morning, was not a name given to anybody else because it means God with us. Wright notices that the two names together express Jesus' mission. God is always present with his people, acting among them, and also his actions are aimed at rescuing people from their helplessness to save themselves. I really like that quote from Wright's book. Jesus awoke from his dream and decided, excuse me, Joseph awoke from his dream and did decide to trust God in the midst of being a source of humiliation to his community. But his story is one of trust in the Holy Spirit. Joseph decided, though, that though from the outside this was a very imperfect situation, God's promise could be counted on. I love the way our collects weave in the themes found in our readings. And today's collect points to the potential of the spirit in our lives and the reality that God is Emmanuel. God is with us in Jesus Christ. It begins, stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might, come among us. Be with us, O Lord. And the original collect, this is a very old collect. Um, it is centuries old, even at the time of Cramner. And he translated it from the Latin. And um, I have a book of Cramner's original collects. And I noticed that right here it adds, and with great might, succor us. And succor means come to our aid and comfort us. And so then the collect continues, as we are sorely hindered by our sins from running the race that is set before us, let your bountiful mercy speedily help and deliver us. So that's reality speaking. And we should not be surprised that our Christmases are not perfect and that despite the great promises of God for us, we are often sad and harried and not merry hindered by our sins of fear and our loss of hope. So being happy at Christmas means drawing deep inside ourselves and finding the God who is with us in the presence of the Holy Spirit. It means for me perhaps writing a few less Christmas cards or running another errand to make Christmas a little bit more special for my family when it can't be any more special than it already is. For me, it means taking time to pray, to cry out to God 
and be thankful for the miracle of his perfect son. And our Advent prayers are waiting for us in our prayer books. Open your prayer books and, or your app and dig deeper this week into those prayers. Yesterday, we began what is called the Octave of Christmas. And you've heard me speak of this before. That is the seven days before Christmas Eve when the church has prayed, at least since the 8th century, seven Advent prayers known as the O Antiphons. And these prayers call upon Christ to come anew to us and address him by those titles found in the Old Testament of his name. These O Antiphons have been traditionally sung before and after the Magnificat at evening prayer. And so when we use them in that way, they accompany the Magnificat, the Song of Mary, as she awaits the birth of Jesus and the story of the visitation when Christ is still within the womb of Mary, when John in the womb of Elizabeth jumped for joy at the presence of Jesus and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, issued a cry of wonder. These mysterious titles, according to the poet Malcolm Geit, touch on our deepest needs and intu intuitions. The need to be rooted to someone. The need for a key to unlock the prison of our hearts. The need for Christ's light to come into our life. They, they are, O oh, sapientia, O oh, wisdom, come to teach us the way of prudence. O oh, Adonai, Lord of the house of Israel, come to redeem us with your outstretched arms. O oh, Radix, Jesse, come to free us, do not delay. O oh, Clavis, King of David, come and rescue the bound captive from his prison home. O oh, Orions, splendor of light, come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. O oh, Rex Shantiam, king of the nations and their desire, come and save humankind whom you formed out of clay. And finally, on December 23rd, O oh, Emmanuel, the hope of the nations, come to save us, O oh, Lord our God. And that is the hymn we sung this morning. And in the original, ver original longer version, each verse uh, repeats the titles of these antiphons. Um, I do have um, these prayers are on our Advent to Epiphany page on our website. If you are interested in praying them, they also can be found. Um, if you use the daily prayer app, they also are one of the options. And I also have some, a few in the back, uh, when you walk out, just the antiphons, a uh, little handout right there, that little table as you walk out. So I invite you um, this week um, to just take on this simple practice, and it can be done any time of the day, but recite that antiphon for the day, and then recite the Magnificat, and then repeat the prayer. It's a simple practice, and I think it will deepen your week and your anticipation and your own heart's desire that the Lord come into our hearts and heal us. So I would like to leave you with this. It is a poem written by Malcolm Geit that speaks powerfully to the mystery of God's incarnation and through the Holy Spirit, God with us. O come, O come, 
and be our God with us. O oh, long sought withness for a world without. O oh, secret seed, O oh, hidden spring of light, come to us wisdom, come unspoken name, come root and key and king and holy flame. O oh, quickened little wick, so tightly curled, be folded with us into time and place. Unfold for us the mystery of grace and make a womb of this wounded world. O heart of heaven beating in the earth, O tiny hope within our hopelessness, come to be born, to bear us to our birth, to touch a dying world with new made hands and make these rags of time our swaddling bands. Amen. <laughs>